Well, hello, hello, and welcome to yet another exciting episode of Skeptics and Seekers. I'm your host, David, and joined by uh, my good friend, Andrew. Uh, this is the second podcast this week, in case anyone's counting, uh, and also the second show that we'll be doing on marriage. Andrew, I uh, ran over your uh, traditional, hey, how you doing? Go ahead. <laughs> well, hey, how you doing? Yeah, okay. Um <laughs> Yeah, I knew there was a reason I ran over that. Um, so, yeah, it, this. So we're going to be talking about marriage again. This is a supplemental. Um, supplemental. There will be no video for this video because uh, it's just a quick one, and uh, you're not going to be very much entertained by my facial features and hand gestures today, anyway. So, um, I prefer videos of quick ones. Um, okay. Okay. Um, uh, so probably, probably not quite the marriage topic. Okay. There sorry is that. Uh, once again that's coming in a couple of weeks. By the way, I'm serious about that, guys. Uh, sex show in a couple of weeks. It's coming. It's coming. Uh, by the way, couple, couple of, in in my language doesn't actually mean two. <laughs> I just, I just want to know if for that episode you're going to rename the show pornseekers.com. No, I will not. Uh, <laughs> it's such yeah. a good idea. Yeah, thanks for asking. Not, not, not at all. But uh, yeah. So uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump in. Here's, here's what we're gonna do. Uh, talking fast, given some of the stuff that we want to talk about, we're gonna focus on two things that I didn't cover in the uh, first show and uh, also in the blog. I left those intentionally to be discussed uh, later. One of them is the uh, effects of. Uh, or the implications of uh, children and child rearing uh, in marriage, especially if one took my uh, radical point of view, and I'm going to get even more radical before I'm done with this topic. Um, and the other is divorce. Uh, when divorce is a good idea, I didn't talk about that all, uh, at all either. Uh, now, just so you know, uh, David Russell will be on uh, this coming up weekend, and so we will be covering this topic again, and I think we will be talking uh, about the blog and the original show that we should have done. So there will be a proper uh, discussion uh, on this. So those of you who think that I am trying to avoid a proper discussion with um, a person that is that could not be further from the truth. I wanna start um, with, uh, I wanna start with a, a blog a comment from uh, Darren, just kind of kick this off. Um, and I th thought I had the comment in front of me and it turns out uh, I did not. So, okay. Yes, here we go. This is uh, so on the in the blog post skepticsandseekers.squarespace.com skepticsandseekers.squarespace.com. If you go there, uh, sign in your discuss account, you can join the conversation. You'll be able to read my blog post there uh, on the subject. Uh, once again, it gets a little bit radical, but I plan to get way more radical than um, I have so far. Uh, one of the things that I uh, said uh, when talking about marriage um, is you know, in putting together my ideal uh, version of what marriage would be, I want to I want to clarify that I don't believe in marriage. I think marriage is a bad idea. But if marriage is something that has to be done, uh, I I put in some uh, 
restrictions and limitations that I thought would be a good idea for marriage. One of them, uh, if children are involved, each participant must show uh, that they are capable of taking care of their own kids independently. The reason I put, uh, in, uh, Darren uh, is about to make a comment uh, uh, here to follow up, so I'll just read that real quick. Uh, I would take out this one. If someone uh, isn't capable of taking care of uh, their kid, a marriage to someone who might be able to would be a good thing. If you prevent it because of the parent, the kid is the one that suffers. Plus, you are denying the uh, parent the opportunity to learn from one who is potentially capable. All right, so uh, Darren, I appreciate the spirit uh, of this uh, idea. However, I think it misses uh, my greater point. And my greater point is I don't like marriage at all. And so if the state has to certify uh, people uh, to be married, the state should be interested in protecting people as much as possible. When a woman, a single, I'm just using this as an example, a single parent woman um, uh, has a kid and can't take care of the kid, and then she rushes into a marriage to find someone to help her take care of the kid, she is putting herself in a, a tremendously dangerous situation, a tremendously uh, codependent situation. It's the kind of situations that lead to uh, terrible abuse uh, in many cases for the woman and the child. Now, I do uh, believe that two parents in, in general, there are a lot of caveats to this, but I don't have time for all the caveats. Two parents uh, who are committed uh, to parenting are better than one parent who's committed to parenting. So I don't I don't have a problem with that numerically. But uh, the point that I think you and many people would be missing is that we don't need marriage to have two committed parents. Uh, and this is where Andrew comes in. I don't know how much you uh, want to talk about your personal life, Andrew. Um, but um, <clears throat> let's just say that... Um, uh, I think that Andrew would probably have some things uh, to say about that. So before turning the mic uh, over to him, I just want to say uh, that you can have two people who are committed to raising a child without marriage. Marriage does not increase commitment. It does not increase um, uh, a, a safer, uh, better environment for raising a child. There's nothing that marriage magically conveys on a person, and it does not uh, lock people in to a life that they ultimately don't want. Now, it might culturally, but legally it doesn't. Why do we know that? Because people get out of marriages all the time when they have children. Uh, and I would say that a divorced, a broken family, uh, when children are involved, is a much worse situation than, say, a single parent uh, who's committed uh, to marriage. So with that, it's a lot of words, uh, talking fast. Uh, I'm going to turn it over to Andrew um, and uh, let him pick up on the theme. So I'll start um, <clears throat> with a little bit of of self-revelation. Um, yes, uh, as most of the listeners who are regulars know from uh, the shows you and I do together and the properties over at RP, still unbelievable, and Proscenium, uh, they know that uh, I have a daughter, and they probably know that I refer to my partner as my girlfriend. Uh, from that, if you read that we are not married, that is exactly right. And neither of us particularly believe in the institution of marriage as it is uh, practiced in the Western world. Um, that's not to say that we believe in the practice as it's practiced in the Eastern world either. Um, 
we are committed to each other and neither of us feel that we need a paper at the courthouse to tell everybody else that we're committed. Furthermore, I challenge you to find a more committed set of parents than she and I are uh, together. So uh, this is not, however, in direct response to Darren, because uh, I know Darren to be a, a quite a careful thinker. And I suspect that when he said marriage, he would happily just say two people, uh, I, I think, uh, because Darren is a careful uh, is a careful thinker. And so to give him the best uh, philosophical hearing possible, uh, it, it could have just been the reflex of writing marriage versus partnership, which I think is uh, uh, pretty culturally dominant. So I don't know. We'll have to let Darren weigh in on that. But I see no reason to think that uh, marriage is required by two people to raise a child, to raise a child successfully, to be committed to each other. Uh, in fact, there's a whole group of people who had marriage denied to them, well, up until 2015, that lived in committed relationships and, and society didn't want them to. We refused to acknowledge their existence. So um, no, I don't believe in marriage. I think marriage is uh, uh, the kind of uh, cultural and religious morass that we can do better than if we try and we should do better. And I know that you and I have talked about this in the run up. So uh, I'll hand it back to you because I think it's worth talking about reform of marriage uh, so that we can all feel good about that institution if we have to keep it. Okay. Um, so I'm, I'm going to do a little bit of um, inside baseball up front uh, uh, on the podcast because I don't have time to edit. But uh, are we both in agreement that two o'clock is a hard stop for us? Yes, I've got a, a show after this, and right. I know that you've got a hard stop too. Yeah, now, okay. that does, that's not to say that we can't do more uh, later, you know, four o'clock, four thirty, something like that. But I do have a hard stop before that. Okay, well, good. Uh, at least you have something hard. Um, so, um, oh, oh, wrong you show. Just wait. Wrong it's show. coming. Uh, oh, wait. Okay, that's uh, it, that's also the wrong the wrong show. It, yeah, okay. no, yeah, wrong show. Um, <laughs> And uh, we, we will see. Uh, so uh, the, the only reason I uh, ask about the two o'clock thing is I just wanted to I just wanted to know how much um, I could get in here because I have two topics. So let me go ahead and introduce the other topic because uh, I don't want to get too caught up on one topic and not mention the other other one. So the other one that uh, I want to talk about in the supplemental is divorce. Uh, and so this is uh, this is something that Christians don't like to talk about, or when they do talk about it, they just talk about it as sin, uh, as as some kind of evil. Uh, so uh, I think framing divorce in terms of sin and evil is itself one of the greatest evils uh, we have done cultural culturally. It's one of the greatest evils um, Christianity has, uh, and religion, I, I would say, because it's not just Christianity, that religion has perpetrated uh, mm. on the world. Uh, divorce is a good thing. 
So uh, I told you guys I was going to get radical. Uh, divorce is a really good thing. There is nothing bad about divorce. It's all upside. How do you like that for radical, Andrew? Um, here's the here's the thing about divorce. Nobody gets a divorce if they're happy and their marriage is working out well for them. <laughs> okay, so uh, I I can't remember what comedian uh, it was who uh, said, you know, people. People, people always say, uh, "Man, I'm really sorry about your divorce." Why? <laughs> you know, because uh, happy people in a successful marriage don't get divorced, and so the only reason you get divorced is if the marriage is miserable and uh, and needed to be dissolved. So, uh, why would you be unhappy about, about someone's divorce? That's actually a good thing. Divorce is an out that is needed when you've got this kind of institution. Uh, that has this artificial lock and key that says you can't get out, and, and if you do, you'll go to hell. Uh, that's that's the framing uh, of divorce and religion. And you know who that hurts? Well, it hurts everybody. It hurts men, it hurts women, it hurts children. But I think it, it, it largely hurts women, keeps them in place in abusive situations and places when they should get out. Uh, and I, so I want to take issue with part of that, actually. stigma around getting out that should not be there. Div divorce is just as happy a day as marriage. And and I think that uh, it just requires just a small tweak uh, to our mindset before we can see that. Andrew? Yeah, so I think, uh, it's, well, I, I saw this this year, actually, which is why I'm taking issue with uh, uh, the idea that divorce happens uh, because the marriage isn't working. That may so I think that's I think that's true, but possibly uh, not in a hundred percent of cases. So this year I have a I have a uh, a person in my social circle who got a divorce. Uh, he was unhappy and she was not, and and so I just want to say that while in general I think yes, uh, divorces happen because people are unhappy. It's not the case that in all divorces, uh, everyone who is a party to the divorce is unhappy or thinks the marriage is not working. Now, I'm not saying, I am not saying that divorces where only one of the two people is unhappy is a less valid divorce. I don't think that it is. But I do want to say that in all cases of all divorces, not everyone is unhappy. Okay, sure. Let me uh, let me uh, speak to that because uh, just as uh, your um, the resident expert in taking care of kids while not married, uh, I'm a resident expert in divorce. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, uh, without revealing too much of my own personal life, <laughs> let me just say. <laughs> You're gonna you're gonna have a hard time finding someone with more experience at it. <laughs> so. so so yes, I, I am not experienced in divorce because I think because uh, you can't make me you can't make me do the thing that requires divorces. So there it is. So here's here's the thing that I would say in response because I think that what you say is serious. However, it it also is problematic. Uh, the, the challenge is, if one person in the marriage is happy and the other person in the marriage is not, 
the one who's happy is deluded. Uh, so they're happy because they don't know the truth. Uh, they don't. Uh, right. They don't understand that the marriage is bad because the other person is happy. And here's the thing: if if you're in a partnership and your partner is miserable, your partnership is miserable. And you, if you're happy on top of that, then it's just because you don't know. Uh, and so often, you know, well, I wouldn't say often, but sometimes the declaration of divorce is the first time the other person uh, hears that there's a problem with the marriage. But that just indicates that there was a huge, deep, really bad problem with the marriage, communication not being uh, the only one of them. So uh, that's... Yeah, so in this case, that was true. Um, now, the eventual diagnosis, and I do mean... I do mean diagnosis by a, a clinical professional, by a licensed psychologist, was that the person that was happy was also uh, codependent. Yeah. And to that end, I'll just uh, just ask people to recall what you said a, a few moments ago. Um, it's possible that, uh, particularly men, right? Women may want out of a marriage where a man is is completely happy why because he's dominant um and we we are somewhat predisposed to like positions of dominance sure and okay. also men might want uh, <clears throat> women might want out of a marriage because the man is uh philandering with other women <laughs> so and the man the man wants out of marriage because you know i I kind of I kind of like this other lifestyle better. Well, because maybe just, he wants to philander, right? Right. <laughs> and so I mean, I'm just saying it's in if he keeps his philandering a secret, the woman might uh, think the marriage is going swimmingly. Well, guess what? It's not, and the divorce is actually good for you. It's still good for you, even if you were happy up to the moment that you that you just heard about, uh, you know, the philandering and you, your husband wants a divorce. You ought to want a, a divorce at that point. Now, we can talk about marriage counseling and, you know, trying to communicate and figure out what the problem is and uh, trying to work out a solution. I'm okay with that, okay? I'm actually in favor of that. But the fact of the matter is, when the problem is just fundamentally that, you know, we got married too young, I'm not, you know, I was happy then, I'm not happy now, I'm a little bit more mature, and this isn't the life for me. I don't care whether you think that's a good reason or not, your marriage is done, and if a, if someone stays in the marriage uh, under those circumstances and they feel trapped, you don't have a marriage anymore. You have a prison. So I'm not a, I'm not a clinician. Um, I have uh, uh, I have no expertise here, uh, but I do have uh, a lifetime of observation. We all have lots of friends and uh, distant acquaintances and closer acquaintances, that sort of thing. And in my experience. Um, it is possible, barely, to save a marriage through counseling for some period of time. I don't know that I know of a single instance where a marriage was saved uh, forever, if you will, in scare quotes, uh, by counseling. And I'll say that in the cases, in every single case I'm aware of, where one or both of the of the people in the couple, because we haven't talked about polygamous relationships yet. Uh, in in cases where one or both also sought uh, individual counseling uh, as well as marriage counseling, in every one of those cases that I know of, 
the marriages were uh, dissolved because very often marriages that are composed of people who are psychologically unhealthy uh, have to have to be dissolved when they become healthy because the marriage is based on unhealthy aspects of, of psychology like codependence. Exactly. And you can bring children into it. Maybe a woman using a woman as an example again. Look, as a, pre uh, as a preacher, I was privy to all kinds of um, marriage circumstances, right? And I'm, I'm sure, uh, Andrew, that you, you were too during your time uh, yes. in the church. But I, I've, I've seen every configuration of uh, legal church marriages, and uh, I, I know what they look like. And I can tell you that some of those relationships that last for 30, 40 years were some of the most miserable people you've ever met. Um, they, uh, is, is that a successful marriage? I don't think so. Uh, but the church would consider it so, and society would consider it so, even though you've got a couple of people that, that are pretty miserable. Um, so uh, children is one of those big codependency uh, red, red uh, flags. When, when a woman is getting married and she has children, by the way, nothing wrong with that, uh, but she has children that she can't take care of. Uh, she has children that, you know, without... Without someone supporting her, uh, she would be lost. First of all, you've got to ask yourself, why is she trying to lock someone into a contract to do that? I mean, because you don't, you don't actually need marriage to find someone committed to helping you raise your children. But um, just, just think for a moment, what happens when that woman does, you know, after working nights and, and uh, going to school, she gets her education, gets a degree, gets a much better job. Uh, now she's making six figures, and she doesn't actually need the guy <laughs> to help her raise her children anymore. Um, you know, that's a major change of circumstances. Uh, and guess what? She gets to reevaluate that marriage. I would have said that marriage is a bad idea to start with. Uh, anytime there's a codependent situation, uh, that marriage is probably a bad idea to start with uh, because it's, it's, it's starting where either one or both people feel trapped uh, or without options, without the other. Right now, uh, so this is another uh, this is another uh, sort of personal case. Uh, something uh, a couple that is in my uh, extended social circle. I'm not using them as truth of all cases uh, where children are involved, but it's pretty plain that it's the case here. This young couple, they're in their early twenties, uh, just got married. She has two children. Uh, from a different unmarried relationship. Um, she met her current husband a while back. They lived together for oh, eight or nine months. Uh, eventually got married. Uh, this, this young man that married her, he's a pretty good guy. And <clears throat> um, most of us in my social circle feel certain that he felt trapped by the children. Uh, he he clearly uh, loves these young kids. Uh, he's a he's a good dad, um, but he is in the situation he's in because of the children, and we doubt very much. Though, though we can't live an alternate history to to know for sure, uh, we doubt very much that he would be there were it not for the children, and 
So I think that's a cautionary tale to the extent that anyone's willing to, to hear it, uh, that uh, a responsible adult should be very, very careful about uh, instant family, right? Just add a marriage certificate. It's easy to feel trapped by children that need a good parent and children that need, uh, you know, some financial support. So I just want to say, I'm not condemning any relationship where young people get married and one is more financially, uh, more financially independent than the other. But the cautionary tale is that it may not be love that's driving these people together and love and responsibility should not be confused with each other. Right. And we come from a place uh, where the term shotgun wedding uh, <laughs> is still used. Um, so uh, a lot of the listeners uh, may not know what a shotgun wedding is. Let me just tell you briefly what a shotgun wedding is. Shotgun wedding is uh, the uh, preacher's uh, son, uh, 16, uh, knocked up the elder's daughter, uh, also 16. And now we got a problem. Uh, preacher's son does not want to get married. Elder's father, uh, cocks the shotgun, puts it at the, uh, preacher's son head. We have a wedding. <laughs> and now suddenly this family is blessed okay so uh that is essentially a shotgun wedding it is a wedding that uh colloquially speaking one feels obligated to have because now there's a baby and you got to do it because society requires it you you can tell how blessed the families are because of the acrimonious split in the congregation Oh, sorry. <laughs> well, <laughs> different part of that right. story. Here's the thing: uh, shotgun weddings don't don't work. They don't make for good families. They don't make for uh, lasting relationships. They lead to uh, Christians having the, especially conservative Christians, having the highest divorce rate in the uh, among all people groups. And they don't. They do not. They do not lead to good parenting. Um, well, let me be careful. For those of you who are now saying Andrew's using an absolute, no, I'm not. Uh, however, I challenge you to find a case where it leads to good parenting. It's, <laughs> uh, it's so, you know, you so might you might find someone who is naturally a good parent who finds themselves in that situation. You might find so, someone who develops into a good parent in that situation. But if we're talking about situations that lead to best outcomes, that's a situation that generally leads to worst outcomes. Uh, and so uh -huh. it's, it's one that you want to avoid when uh, at all possible shotgun weddings are a bad idea and they're generally very religiously motivated. Uh, well, and in, and in fact, um, we as a society should avoid all marriages where children have children. Yeah. So, okay. So let me, let me, let me swerve into uh, the topic of divorce uh, very quickly. Besides, besides my earlier rant, I'm, uh, I'm putting that out there. I want to, I want to stir the pot. Divorce is a good thing. Um, anyway, um, here's the, uh, it's even for children. You think that did it? You think that's enough? You think I'll, you think I'll get well, some reaction I, you know, now? Um, there, was, there was sorghum <laughs> on the fertilizer a minute ago. Uh, you know, then there was kerosene on the sorghum. 
Uh, we we've got a volatile situation. Let's see. Uh, let's see how far you go with it. I feel I feel perfectly uh, confident in saying that enough so that I am saying it in public, and I've thought about it for years before doing so, and I'm ready to take on the debate this Saturday um, with Russell, who will not uh, have listened to this podcast. But um, uh, you guys, you guys who want to uh, take me to task in the comments. By the way, the people who take me to task in the comments are just as often atheists as they are Christians. Uh, so feel free to do that. The knives out. I'm ready. Um, yeah, I think divorce is ultimately a good thing, even when children are involved, uh, for the most part. And I will say just qualifying uh, here so that you don't get too exercised. Uh, it's a good thing, relatively speaking. So for instance, if you have parents that really want to get divorced, really should get divorced, and they're staying together just for the sake of the children. Let me tell you, that marriage, first of all, the children know that your marriage is fucked, okay? Uh, so you're not, you're not fooling anybody. The children are still just as broken. And they're probably going to suffer uh, different kinds of abuses and psychological traumas because their parents are fighting all the time. And you're, you are actually giving them a worse model for their own marriage growing up than you would if you just broke up uh, and uh, and did the weekends thing. Now, that's not optimal, but it's better than what you're doing to them now. So it is anyway. possible. It is possible. And we have a we have a term. In fact, we have several terms like this. I don't know if this one is still in vogue. Uh, blended families uh, was a term a decade ago. I, I don't know that that's still a. Uh, a common term, non-traditional families was also a term. Um, it's possible to be a child and come out of those families uh, perfectly fine. But what often happens, um, and, and speaking in this case from far too much experience, um, what often happens is the children become uh, some sort of a poker chip uh, passed back and forth in the, uh, in the pot. And the reason for that is because the people who got married uh, were too immature to realize the uh, to realize the commitment they were making, and they're too immature to raise their kids. It is possible, though, for uh, well-intentioned, mature adults to go their separate ways and raise productive, happy children. The reason we don't see much of it. Uh, is frankly because we place too high an importance on marriage licenses. So I'll say that again. <laughs> the, the reason we don't see enough children uh, being raised healthy in blended families is because we place too much importance on marriage licenses. Sorry, I was, I was looking for a match. Do you think that did it? Uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll, see. we'll watch the comments and see if they blow up. Um, um, in my face. I'm actually quite um, serious about it. Um, yeah. No, I, I know. Look, uh, when I was growing up, uh, the vast majority of everyone I knew was uh, from a blended family. They they either had a single parent uh, and were raised by a community, uh, if you will, or they were raised by a step something. Right. Right. Um, and I was actually a freak 
growing up because I had one set of parents. <laughs> there, were, there were no steps <laughs> in my house. Um, and the parents that I had then are the parents that I have now. They're still alive. Um, that said, maybe uh, in the show with Russell, I can tell you uh, about some of the many and colorful ways children get screwed up, even in the most perfect looking family. Mm. Um, so you're, you know, you're not, um, you think that you're protecting your kids by staying together. Um, yeah, let's, 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 um, maybe survey a few serial killers and see if that's true. So, um, that said, uh, we got to wrap up, uh, divorce. Uh, there's some, there are times when even if you don't like the idea of divorce, you should be a champion for divorce. Uh, so the Bible, uh, yeah, we've actually talked all this time, and this is the first time the Bible is coming up. Um, that will show you just how unimportant it is. Yeah. And, okay, and, I'm pretty sure that was a match. Yeah. And, <laughs> and yet, it, it sits at the heart of so much of what's wrong with marriage. Um, the Bible says a couple of things about divorce. So uh, one thing I think that we can uh, clearly get from the Bible, if you can clearly get anything from the Bible, is that in Jesus' mind, there's nothing good about divorce. Divorce is bad. Uh, and in fact, uh, if, if you're tempted to say, well, divorce was allowed in the Old Testament, so it couldn't be that bad. No, Jesus, his spin on that is, well, uh, God only allowed it, uh, only allowed Moses to allow it. So he was, wasn't even saying that God allowed it. Moses allowed it because people were hard-hearted, because people were sinful, because people were evil. Uh, and you can, uh, you can go ahead and try to translate what that means. Uh, I don't exactly know, and I don't exactly care. Uh, it's just the framing of divorce in the Bible is that the only reason uh, it was ever allowed for a period is because people were just so evil. You know, people weren't evil. If people were good, then divorce would never have been allowed, and divorce is always the the worst of the options. Uh, the next thing you look at uh, biblically with divorce is why divorce is allowed. So why is divorce allowed? Uh, one reason. Matthew well, nineteen nine. Matthew five thirty two. Those are your principal passages. Sex, sexual legitimacy, and we our ideas of fidelity and fidelity really come from the <laughs> ideas of sexual legitimacy, uh, and so it's in the in biblical terms it's all about sex that that's the only reason so if your if your spouse sullies themselves by having sex with someone else some other hairy animal uh then you can divorce them this is this is how important uh the bible thinks sex really is because of a of an institution that god hates and says is only allowed because of uh, our our sinfulness. He says, "Oh yeah, but if if, if that other person is sexually infidel uh, and unfaithful, <laughs> divorce him." <laughs> um, that's that's pretty much it. And this this focus on sex and divorce 
really puts in sharp relief, I think, what marriage is to the Christian and to the God figure of the Christian and why it's such a bad institution. So look at all of the reasons that was not given for divorce. Uh, I'll let you go first. Uh, Andrew, uh, okay. what, right. can, can you think of a good reason for divorce that the b- biblical authors didn't seem to care about? <laughs> uh, well, so we're going to do this again in another show, I'm sure. But I'm going to go after uh, the the standard definitions that I think the Bible so poorly misunderstands that it doesn't even include them. And in fact, one of them, it, it, it recognizes a demon possession. So so let's get started here. Here are some some good reasons uh, for divorce of your spouse. Neglect of your children. Uh, They're not being diddled at night. The other parent is simply neglectful of your child and they will learn that neglect and they're probably better off without that neglectful parent. Physical abuse. Uh, Jesus said, suffer the little children to come to me. However, he didn't recognize physical abuse as a legitimate reason to, divor- uh, to divorce. So uh, you can just go ahead and conclude that from my view, uh, there's no way that you have a perfect Jesus. And there's no way I think he's worthy of being, uh, being worshipped. So let me, let me, let me throw, throw in for you, uh, take all of the uh, good answers, uh, spousal abuse. Uh, because you're thinking about kids, because you have a kid, and so you've, you're wearing kid-shaped glasses all the time. I, on the other hand, don't have a kid. <laughs> I do have a spouse. Um, I married people. <laughs> try, try that one on for size. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, spousal abuse. I was going to get the spousal abuse. <laughs> I know you were going to get the spousal abuse, and I had to stop you while it was still on the table. Thank you. You go, you go right ahead. I, uh, um, I loudly agree. And for men or women, I don't care who's being abused, and I don't care whether it's physical or psychological, which is by that, 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 that's that's my follow up to my answer. You had like two answers Uh, emotional abuse. uh, I mean, it's steam's been taken out of it now. Uh, Emotional abuse, (laughs) uh, all abuse is abuse. Um, And the Bible simply doesn't seem to care or notice. Uh, that spouse abuse is a problem. But then again, the Bible treats wives as property. Um, Jesus should have known my girlfriend, dude. (laughs) I'm just saying. (laughs) So so many things that I cannot say um, to follow up with that. I do not um, know what's holding you back today. (laughs) Yeah. But I'm glad you're being held. But look, that was not an important Mm-hmm. No, there are other shows. So, um, so yeah, uh, abuse um, is is another one. I, I've got I've got a couple more. Uh, but if if you want to if you want to get in uh, another one, go for it. No, I no I uh, I I punctured the steam boiler. So you go ahead. I'll, I'll give you the next. Fine. I'll, I'll... Financial irresponsibility. Um. If if you are uh, in once again, I don't care which spouse it is. Could be man, could be the woman. Uh, we have terrible financial education in this country. Um, if you if you are a person who is constantly wrecking the 
family finances uh, to the point where you can't pay rent, you can't buy food, you're uh, struggling because the other spouse uh, can't quit spending money or getting into debt and that sort of thing. I think that uh, I think that that is also a good reason uh, to dissolve the marriage. Um, I, you know, I, I like you, you're cute, uh, good in bed, but this is not going to work because you are not a grown up. Uh, by the way, not a grown up, uh, general, um, immaturity, men and women, uh, mature at different ages when, uh, you know, in eight, 18 year olds get married. Uh, the man is, uh, I think brain wise a little bit. Uh, less mature even than the woman takes takes them both a while to grow up but you know i think by the time uh you're 30 35 and uh your husband won't get a job and he's uh sitting on the couch uh full of dirty socks eating doritos playing xbox um that's that's a good enough reason out of there out of there i've got work to do wow i'm gonna have to go and clean up the house man Okay, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I've, I've got to add one to this, though. Sure. Um, and, and I'm pretty sure that this is not a match. Uh, it, it looks like a torch. Let's, let's see how it goes. Uh, religious radicalism. Oh, yeah. If, and, uh, yeah, were, it's a torch. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it looked pretty much like a torch. I've, uh, having seen torches before, that's what it looked like. So religious radicalism. Um, there, there are, uh, if your spouse is attempting to raise your child in a cult and you know better and you're not doing something about it, both of you are abusing your children. Yeah. By the way, if, um, if you are a Christian and your spouse is, uh, kind of an atheist activist, you should probably leave. Uh, if you give a damn about your uh, faith uh, and you give a damn about how your children are raised, uh, I, I would say that that works the other way too. Uh, because here's the thing, if you've got someone who's very religious and someone who's very not religious, one of you is lying to yourselves. <laughs> one of you is not serious about what you believe. Um, you know, you've, if, especially if children involved, if it's just, uh, you adults, you know, maybe you enjoy, you know, the, the back and forth, but you're going to have to raise your kids one way or the other. And if one of them says, well, uh, you can, you can just do whatever you want, then they're not really serious about their position. Uh, and I think that may not bode well for marriage. Let me also throw in political incompatibility. Oh, um, Political incompatibility is even worse in this country than it was when I was, uh, you know, just 20 years ago. Uh, it seemed like there was a time when we could uh, disagree on things and still be partners uh, politically. But the political landscape is such now where there are people with certain political and let me just include social views that I could not marry them. And if married to them and they develop these aberrant views, I could not stay with them. Simply couldn't. Um, I wouldn't, for instance, uh, stay married to a racist. Mm. Wouldn't, it wouldn't matter. I just, that's not, uh, that's not going to be in my house. 
Uh, and I would sure. rather be miserable and alone than married to a racist. You know, I was looking over here in this box labeled torches and, <laughs> and it looks like there's another one left. Um, and, and it says, uh, the, on the, on the label, you know, you got to tear the paper off these torches to light them. And, and on the paper, this one says sexual incompatibility. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it's, and, and, you know, I, I'm pretty sure, you know, it says torch sexual incompatible. Okay. So I do mean this people. It is possible, uh, for sexual incompatibility to, to run so deep that you should separate. And if you're a Christian and you think I'm wrong, I say, I really don't care. You need to get out more. And I mean that you need to get out more. Um, sexual, inc uh, you know, if, if you're not shaped right together, uh, it is possible for that to be bad enough uh, for some people that the relationship is intolerable. I'm not yeah. saying that's true for everyone. But what I am saying is, if it's, if it's not true for you because you simply don't care about, uh, about sexual compatibility over much, and neither does your partner, it does not mean that it is not that important to other people and that you shouldn't be willing to acknowledge that that is a legitimate reason for them to go their separate ways. There and if you're so immature that you can't see it, I, I'm too bad. There are a lot of women trapped in marriages who have never had an orgasm. Um, it, and these, these are Christian women because uh, their husbands don't have to be good at sex <laughs> and they're not. Um, so, yeah, sex is this really important thing to Christians, and yet sexual incompatibility isn't. It's kind of like, well, I didn't get a chance to try them out beforehand, and it turns out they're terrible, and now I'm stuck with them. Yes, and I do not have a problem with and actually promote. Oh, man, do we have time for this? Nope. How much time do we have? How, how many minutes? What, what are we uh, eight, less than eight. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. I, I am going to do this in less than 120 seconds. Uh, yes, I promote premarital sex. If you were listening with your Christian ears and you just heard me say that it's okay for a bunch of teenagers to run around and have sex, that's not what I said. However, I do think that it is perfectly fine. And in fact, I would probably recommend young adults looking to marry to give it a test drive first. Look, if you have not had sex with the person that you're going to be spending the rest of your life with, A, there's something wrong with you, but B, you're, you are making a huge mistake. <laughs> you just are. I want to throw one other on this list. It's wrong. Um, I shouldn't be adding to this list, but I'm going to add to it anyway. Um, a incompatible um, health concerns. Mm. Mm. Um, mm. So let's say uh, can be quite both, demanding. Yeah, it's it, this. This can hurt a marriage so bad. Let's let's say that when you got married, uh, you were both uh, young and slim and athletic, and um, you know somewhere along the line, one of you expanded your waistlines. <laughs> um, and one of you hit forty. You know, maybe maybe tacked on some diabetes to it. Um, I'm not saying that that's a reason to walk away from your spouse. What I am saying is if the other person 
does not respect the fact that, okay, I can't have sugar now. Um, you know, I've got to eat differently. Uh, I've got to find ways to exercise that, that are going to be challenging. And I need someone who can help me do that, who can partner with me and not sabotage me. If, if the other person is not willing to make the kinds of changes that, um, that make that work, then that that's an incompatibility that I think is worthy of a divorce. Now, it doesn't have to end that way. Uh, the, the couples can negotiate, they can, they can work something out. But um, health incompatibility um, is a major problem where one person really cares about um, dietary concerns and the other person doesn't. Uh, you know, that might work with best friends not living together, but it can't work well with uh, couples who have to buy groceries together. You know, we've uh, both known each other a long time. Uh, we're both uh, severely visually impaired. Um, and this is one of those conversations uh, that my girlfriend and I have had. And if you have a medical incompatibility, I will say, uh, and you're worried about it in your current relationship, I, I urge you to go uh, with, with completely open hands and completely open hearts to your spouse and say whatever is on your mind. Uh, in my relationship, I have actually, uh, I've talked to my girlfriend and encouraged her that if my visual impairment becomes too much for her, that she be willing to go our separate ways. I mean it when we got together six years ago. I mean it today. Uh, will it be easy for me? Hell no, it won't be easy. But yes, I absolutely mean it. Um, there, are, there are things that we should carry on our own. And it is possible that you have medical conditions that you can't carry on your own. But in, in some ethical sense to me, requiring the person closest to you to carry it with you uh, because, of a, because of a public formality is entirely wrong thinking. Yeah. I want the people closest to me to be those who have the most freedom. Will it hurt if she walks away? Hell yes, it will hurt. But I will help her pack if she needs to. Yeah, only so that you can put the dynamite in the bag. But um, oh, well, yeah. Uh, yeah, that box isn't empty yet. It still <laughs> no. says torch over there. Man, that, see, that's that box. It's, it's it's the it's the fishes and it's the fishes and loaves. It, yeah. <laughs> hey hey uh, hey Andrew's girlfriend, just word of advice: if you leave, don't let him help you pack. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, look, let me let me add to that in a in a very serious note because I know that there are people with uh, disabilities out there that are worse than ours. Um, I've been in a wheelchair twice in my life. Uh, so I, I have a flavor of what some of that looks like. Uh, some people never get to get out of the wheelchair. Uh, so that's a, that's a whole nother lifestyle, right? It's, it, um, 
it's not a small change. It's, it's an amazingly large change. Uh, I've also had uh, um, post-op conditions that required uh, an in-home or a nurse or a nurse to come and visit three times a week. Uh, it is simply not fair to take away your spouse's sex life because of because of your incapacity uh, and to turn your spouse into a full-time nurse because of your incapacity um, and look if you're very lucky and you have someone who can bend their life to that that's great but if the only reason someone is doing that is because they are bound by a contract then you shouldn't want them there anyway and if, if it's really love that's holding you together, the contract isn't what's holding it together. And so if a marriage needs to dissolve when those things happen, as bad as that is for the person uh, suffering the disability, it's better than if you try to make a person stay uh, when, when in their hearts are going to be miserable for the rest of their life. And that's, this is where some negotiation, some serious adult negotiation has to happen. And um, and we're we're in we're too emotionally immature as a species to to do what needs to be done and have the kinds of conversations that need to be had. Yes, I'm paralyzed from the waist down. Okay, then can I fuck other people? Yes. <laughs> okay, we've got to we've got to we've got to you know if you want to make it work and you want the people you love to also love you and be free then you can't say, oh, well, life uh, has taken this turn, but you're stuck. <laughs> you signed the dotted line, fool. Um, that doesn't work for me. So once again, uh, this is a supplemental. Uh, we have hit our mark. I'm going to um, leave it there. No time for fancy conclusions except to say um, Russell uh, and I will tussle with this subject uh, one more time. And so it's going to go f uh, on the board another week. Uh, please bring uh, bring your comments and questions. We'll try to adjust as many of them on this show as possible. Mac Attack, I see you. Uh, I see you. Uh, I'd love to comment uh, in detail to uh, your post. I've actually invited you to come on the show. If you want to come on the show on Saturday, uh, Saturday at 10 o'clock, that's when we're going to do it, 10 o'clock Eastern. Uh, so uh, indicate to me that you would like to do that, and you're there. Uh, Darren, uh, if you want to come on for a few minutes and defend your position or uh, add something to it since I've called you out on the show, you are welcome to uh, do that as well. If anyone wants to be in the comments on the show, I will open that up to people. Just send me an email and I will make sure that you can get in in the uh, back channeling and uh, madness that happens in the chat <laughs> uh, in the discussion when we're actually doing shows. Okay, so uh, that's it for now. Uh, Andrew, uh, Proscenium, still unbelievable. Got anything, uh, any last thing to say that you can say in 20 seconds or less? Yes, one, uh, one la two last thoughts, actually. Um, by forcing someone to stay in a relationship where you're incompatible by, by not allowing you to go out and have freedom, like having sex with someone else because you're not a compatible partner, by forcing them to stay, you're not running less of a risk of losing them. And if you think you're you know, sending them out to have sex, uh, allowing them that freedom is going to cause you to lose them, uh, it, it is certainly not higher risk than what you're already running. 
And uh, yes, my girlfriend and I are both aware that we have a child. And I fully expect that whatever my problems are, uh, she uh, does the calculus and figures our child into any decision she might make in the future, no matter how free I offer for her life uh, to be. So those are my two closing thoughts, maybe slightly more than 20 seconds. Uh, thanks, everyone. Hope you subscribe uh, both here and uh, to the Reason Press show. Still unbelievable. And Presenium, David, thank you for having me. All right. And, and that's it for now. <laughs>